And performing on the bugle is a chicken with a mango <laughs> stuck over its beak. Uh, anyway. To create an embouchure. Anyway. What big eyes they have. Anyway, hello everybody. That's a everybody. chicken playing a bugle. That's a damn talented chicken. Chickens don't have lips. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, hi there folks. Welcome to Genesis Avalon. I am Catherine Pride, the super of the show. I wrote it, I directed it, I'm in it. Um, with me is... Chris Britton, my awesome editor and main villain, and also Kristen Hayes, who is my co-storyer and co-writer from season four, for season four, and also this. Did you almost call me Chris Britton? No, I hit, I did his first. I know, and then but I paused because I heard him saying hello, and I didn't want to railroad right over him. I'll call you back. Anyway, so hi everybody, welcome to the newest episode. Um. Uh, this uh, this episode features um, lots of awesome, awesome things going on, and I can't even express it. But um, oh, you helped me on this one. I helped you on Chris this helped one. direct a little bit of this one just because this uh, scene, in fact. Yes, because it was I was trying to catch up from the ma- monumental episode that was eight in twenty eight randomly. Um, so yes, so here we are, uh, the beginning of the episode, and Carrie is acting like nothing is wrong. No. I remember a pretty face. And she just met Cal. Nice to meet she doesn't you. recognize him. Huh. Hmm. This is exactly. a mistake. I put Julian out of a job at this rate. Are you joking? Of course, Carol. But seriously. Also, she's Welsh. Well, that is that is less of an issue than you think. Just mainly because there's no reason for her to drop the act around people who don't know that she's anything other than Welsh. The only person who knows that she isn't Welsh is uh is Tim. Oh yeah. And there's a lot more Oh Calhoun. And Kristen won't be able to talk for like five minutes. I'm gone. Because you got such a problem with Cal. I think that's amazing. I've never seen a character shut you up that much. It's only when he does the other thing that he does. Though. Oh, not so much when he talks normally. <laughs> oh, like the thing he does at the end of this episode against Brilliant. Olivia. Yeah, that's when I. Was <laughs> yes, that was when you were all melt out melting. of my chair. You're brooding. I just saw it. I, I just want to know where she is. That's all. Oh, and this scene is uh is a little she, different in that uh it it talks about some stuff that uh. Well, we did, I did a bit with it earlier in the season, and I kind of let it go for a little while, but uh. Clearly, there is something else Noir and Natalie would like to be talking about. That's not Jaina. What? Oh my! <laughs> what could that be? You are a good guardian, Noir. Golly gosh! Willikers? <laughs> if we must. Boy, howdy, nice! It's so nice that the city has kind of uh, relaxed some and is going back to a state of semi-normalcy. It's not really normal. There's still whole parts of the city that are closed down because of destruction and mayhem. And, uh, and, and while everything seems positive, the fact of the matter is, is that there is a strong political climate that is 
highly suspicious of what happened in New York, and uh, the, na the National Guard have not left. They're still there. Uh, they're just, they, you know, the city's getting better. Um, people are able to go back out on the streets. Nobody's sick anymore. Businesses can get, can get, uh, can get their supplies back in. You know, the paper is back to normal, that kind of stuff, because there is no imminent danger any longer. Um, but, uh, but the, uh, the political climate's a little different, and I'm not going, I'm not, I, I don't want to go into too much depth in it in the show, because Natalie. that is a subplot all its own, that whenever I write the novels, oh, that's, that's gonna be a much bigger portion of the story, yeah, because I can't, I don't have time to put it all in here. Well, and it comes into play because later. Yes, it does. Much, yeah, it definitely does. It's not as more. important now <laughs> as it is in season four. Yes. And, uh, actually, she and I were kind of an item, you know, back in the <gasps> History? Uh, Although everybody, if you listen to episode 26, you know that Olivia already knows Calhoun from a previous city Ever since your editor left prior to her showing up in New York. I gotta admit, though, I have better lines I'd love to use. And then we just lost her. If I wanted to. Are you going to? Put her in the fridge and exactly. she'll, she'll reset. And Just stick her in an ice cube tray. Melting like a fan in a cupboard. That's exactly what I was just thinking. Ever been asked to make. How many Eddie Izzard references? Oh God, I'm sure we commentary. could go on for ages. Thirty-six minute episode, we got time. Thirty-six minutes worth of Eddie Izzard references. Exactly. That would be the most annoying commentary ever if people don't know who Eddie Izzard is. <laughs> yes, yes, it would. Look, I don't know what. Why is Flan funny? I don't understand. Flag. Flag. Everyone here. No, that's totally what Cal would be like. Do you have a flag? flag. <laughs> Your name, Lieutenant Sebastian. Sebastian. Yes. You're gonna have to try a lot harder than that, me. Oh, Carrie, why, why do you insist on putting yourself in more danger? Bobby, I don't understand it at all. Well, because clearly Julian is off doing something that's, you know, not what she wants him to do. So she has to flirt with the other dudes <laughs> to make him jealous. You're implying that she wants to make Julian jealous. I shipped the two of them. Oh, you do? Oh, I didn't know I that. Know okay. I, do. I wonder how many other people ship them. That's a good question. I never even thought about it. Like, I mean, like, I know where they're going as characters, but I don't ever, I don't ever think about whether or not the audience ships them. I need your help. Julian? What's wrong? You don't sound good. Well, no, that's because I just got beat up by a crazy lady. But we're not going to talk about that. Julian, Julian, just wait and slow down. I don't know what you're nattering on about. What, what happened? I'll explain after you find Jana Masterson's current address. There's so much fun music in this episode. And she's the only way. Okay, 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 hang on. There is, it's quite, there's quite jaunty tracks inside it. Julian, don't get it sounds a little schizophrenic when I started it, though. I was like, I don't know if this really should go here. Well, no, what the hell? <laughs> Natalie Hall. Speaking. It's Carrie, Carrie Arthur. Look, I've been trying to find you for weeks. Listen, I need to get in touch with your mm. friend Gina. And again, Carrie gets closer to the it's truth. Urgent, but how close is I she really getting? Yeah. Her. She keeps just like. What's going on? 
She's like that guy, the batting cage, who can never but, get a piece of the ball. But here's the thing. Could she sit there and circle around the truth for forever and be so close and never actually find it out? Because of because of the magic and stuff? Or... Uh... Possibly, yeah. I mean... Brilliant. The it. fact is, is that she's, you know, a magical-based character, and, uh... I'll call you back soon, right? And, uh, um... She's, you know, she is a magical-based character, so... There's tons of protections in place about Gina's identity that, you know... Yeah, I mean, Carrie could probably stare her in the face and never have a clue. Yeah. If, you know, she doesn't have all of the, uh, facts. Can you tell me what the bloody hell this is about? There's no time. Just stay indoors, and whatever you do, don't go out to Yes, Toad at Jana's house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, T tell telling her that is really going yeah, exactly. to work, isn't it? Don't do that thing that I just told you not to do. <laughs> don't do that. Okay, I'm going to go do that. <laughs> no, I said don't. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, you're a contrary person. I've completely forgotten from all our other interactions. <laughs> has Natalie saying I see in this scene because you know because basically she's like so are you and Jana talking yet like have you had a conversation he's like oh yeah we went in a movie stop and it was awesome and she's like oh, really really that's great she didn't tell me that's awesome why on earth is there a bloody new town going there anyway that was the other scene that I directed yes yes it was yeah a couple of scenes in this one because you did the you did the you did two of the the, the Carrie and Cal scenes, which one of them is coming up later in the yeah. episode. You did the the Natalie Noir scene at the very beginning, and you did this one. Yeah. Well, because you're like the most awesome cop ever. Seems to change this focus from bashing Jay to minor indifference. Well, yeah, that's what happens when you realize she wasn't responsible for like the death of your old boss, who's kind of a jerk actually. Wait, hang on a tick. I need to but I guess Julian likes to associate yeah, with his sure. own kind. Call me. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> nice talking to you, Nat. Okay. I had to kind of stretch that out some. You would have paced. When, when I say I did these, all I really did was put sound effects on them because Cat had already picked the yeah. she already picked the takes and line mixed. So I. Uh, I'm sitting here doing the scene, and I realize that she's got it paced, like, where he's like, yeah, sure, Nat, blah, 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 blah. Jaina, it's Sam. And I'm like, whoa, how did, what? That's, that's called Cat just put the scenes together. I wasn't thinking about pacing when she did it. She figured she'd pace it when she did the sound effects. Okay, she'd better be here. I'm not in the mood for this crap. I think that's a perfectly valid lifestyle choice when you write and direct. <laughs> Most of it yourself. I think just shortcuts are the best way. Oh, and then the scene. <laughs> the scene was awesome. We like, okay, it was awesome for me. It wasn't awesome for you. It was not awesome for me. So, so as you guys have noticed, if you're listening to the scene, uh, Julian is talking to quote Layla. So in the script it says, it says Chris, I need you to do. Lilith pretending to be Layla, have fun. And she was like, 
I hate you. Oh, okay. Well, you know. I hope people like get what I was doing. I think I think it's pretty obvious. I mean, you're. It's it's Lilith. It's Lilith's pitch, and cadence. And right there, it like slips. And then it slips occasionally, which is perfect. That's exactly what I needed. I am seriously thirsty. It's one of those weird lemonade with. I have some unflavored lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Julian, you're just as bad as Carrie. Oh, look, trouble! I shall walk right into it. Lovely little drum, snare drum stuff going that on is, there, like a. I was about to say that's like my tenth political that is The old school Lilith theme that I used uh, the first time she ever really appeared in front of Avalon, wow. and uh, has been her one of her themes for a long time, but. Uh, I hadn't had a chance to use it in a year and a half because she was dead. <laughs> so. Not just my shoddy memory, yeah. then. This is good. <laughs> oh, and I really like this scene. So, okay, so another thing. This is in the draft of this episode. Okay, so funny story. 29 was originally, like, 20 pages long. It was really short. It was really short in comparison to the other scripts of the season in general. And I sat there looking at this going, oh my god, I need to make this, this episode a little longer, and I need to figure out how to pace it better with the rest of the season. And it occurred to me that uh, that there was only, like, one scene with Jaina in it, you know? And I was like, I don't like that. I don't like that the whole scene pretty much has no Jaina in it, and she's the main character, and I don't have a story reason for it. She's just, quote, running errands for, like, six hours. So... I sat there and looked at the se season and looked at what, you know, what I wanted to see and some of the stuff that I felt I hadn't had a chance to do yet, and uh, this idea for this scene just kind of popped into my head, and I really, really like how it came out, because Megan and Laura do an awesome job of that kind of, that, that awkward chemistry that two people have when they really clearly could become really good friends, but they're just meeting each other, and really just getting to know each other, and I really... I think it just came out really touching, Damn. and I really That's like it. So, <laughs> what do you want to know? Going on no, I think you're totally right. I think it's a lovely scene, and these characters haven't no, really no. got to interact right. for quite a while now. I mean, I'm trying to think when the last time they were in a scene together. Uh, like, not really. Like, I don't even. Like, they weren't in any scenes together in the first three episodes of the season because uh, Olivia was busy searching for Excalibur. And Jaina was also doing the same thing, but she was following her own lead. She wasn't. She was trying to work with Sam, and we all know how that went. Um, and as we know, when they left off in season two, she had she had Olivia pinned to the ground and was threatening to kill her because at the moment all she knew was you're the person who who hurt Natalie because you stole the sword. So it's the first time they've really gotten a chance to talk, which is why. You know, Jaina's notion of I need to be able to trust you is so important. She's trying very hard to gain Olivia's trust, and to do that, she needs she needs information. She needs her to open up a little. So it's one of those scenes where it is somewhat altruistic, and that Jaina does just want to get to know her, but also at the same time, Jaina really needs to be sure she can trust anyone. She's been burnt so many times in the last two years. And it is kind of weird because, you know, up until this point, she was always told by Asara that the only other ally she'd have would be Sam. 
and then Natalie was blessed with the Lady of the Lake, which was not anything Jane and you to expect. And now there's somebody else who works for a different god, and the whole experience just kind of boggles her mind in a good way. And then the conversation oh, goes to wow. <laughs> I I see now why the pup dots his eyes and crosses his G's around you. You've got his number. <laughs> yes. <laughs> is that is that a euphemism? Uh you've got his number? Nope. That's <laughs> no. I'm making a very, very poor dirty oh, joke about dotting eyes and crossing T's, don't worry. Fine. Fail. I really shouldn't do that. <laughs> it's more a fail because I didn't get it though. That's really where the fail is. Well, pay attention. You know. Oh, this scene. This was a fun <laughs> scene. You you directed this, and I really like how it came out. It's very subtle and very fun. Cause you've got you've got him you've got him in a room like an office, like a conference room or an office, yeah. And he walks over to the window and peeks out from the blind, which I thought was a very good good uh, sound effects cue right there. Yeah. Nope. She's got no clue. And we have no idea who he's talking to. Nope. Nope. Look, I do this for a living. Plus, you know, I assume someone unsavory. An as of yet unknown assailant. Oh, Cal, you could work your magic any day. I'm sorry, what were we talking about? Having a moment, folks. I will talk to you later, oh she who apparently needs to go see her husband. Hmm. I like how this entire episode we've become Skeksis. <laughs> <laughs> we've become Lord Chamberlain! Nope, not. I'll steal Pixie's soul later. Oh, so tell the story about how how hard it was to do this Bobby line. Oh, this car! <laughs> So, so I asked Kat, so what exactly is going on here because there's people talking and then there's, they don't talk for the rest of the episode, the rest of the scene, and then, like, they randomly, what, what, and she's like, oh, well, I figured that he'd be on the other side of the room, but then I listen to the light and, and he's not talking, they, like, you talk a certain way when you're on the other side of the room, when you're on the side of the room, you kind of go, oh, yeah, I'll get it for you later, whatevs, uh, <laughs> Chris says whatever. As that opposed that. to like when you're right next to a person, you're like, oh yeah, I'll get it for you later, whatever. So Bobby was really talking more in the I'm standing next to you kind of way, and I'm like, okay, well, I've got to have him. I've got to have him, like, actually sit there and. and he's got to be close by and then leave. And I'm like, okay, well, he's doing a, a flyby. Hmm. Uh, I probably. Well, so folks, we're we're working on this uh, this uh, commentary at the moment, and uh, Chris Britton just went offline. So we'll see what happens. In the meantime, let us continue the commentary, Chris. Yes. Because at least there's two of us. That's not me talking to myself for the rest of the episode. True. That's nice. Jane, there is one thing I want to tell you. So we got on the subject of it earlier. Olivia is going to divulge important information. Yay. Oh my God. Which, you know, is a really big sign for Olivia of how much she's willing to work with Jaina, because I think, and how much she already trusts Jaina, because I don't think she would have said Jack to Jaina if, if she didn't think she was going to be in this for the long haul. Yeah, yeah. 
That's true. Over here. Am I um, interrupting? Uh, Always, no. Matthews. Always. No, not at all. Uh, yeah, no. Have a seat for a sec. Dr. Matthews, I'd like you to meet Olivia. She is the canine friend I was telling you about. Telling her? <laughs> and now <laughs> everything is regretted. She was a friend of I just like how you said you're like, ah, no. Well, think about it. You know, she's wear thing, and then she makes a friend finally, and then that friend's like, oh yeah, hi, random person on the street. I was telling you about this werewolf person. Yeah, this is, this is awkward. What was that? Uh-oh. <laughs> Doc, I need you to get up. What? Bar, TV, come on. That's Ooh, all I let's hated, go. Really. Hey, can you turn up the newscast? <gasps> I actually really like how this newscast turned out, because it's just really like... <laughs> if nothing else, because John Ladron is acting like he is a frontline war correspondent. The guy is a New York City news anchor. He's not exactly Anderson he is Cooper. So, this is his chance to become exactly. Anderson Cooper. Exactly! He's so excited. Which, John's a fun character, and I, and I always feel bad because John is one of those characters that, in the scope of this story, since we're focusing so much on the, the paper plotline, you really don't know anything about John and Kathy. And they're actually really fun characters, and they are important to the, in the scope of things, and, uh... You'll see a little bit more of them as we go, but, uh, again, when I write the novels, uh. No, I was thinking, I was listening to this yesterday, and I was thinking, when I was listening to it, that this is a, um, it's very well done newscast, especially with the, um, the background effects you've got in there. Also, it's quite nice to jump back into the action, considering it's uh, for the last episode, as as we were discussing last month, was quite yeah. a calm episode, and this episode thus far has been rather calm. So it's it comes as a quite a yeah, good shock. Yeah, especially says you know in that calm, we thought everything was getting better. Yeah. And suddenly you find out that it's not. It's really bad. <laughs> and then Jada gets mad at Sam for going off on his own. Okay. Book it, kid. I just remembered, Chris, I think this is the episode that has one of my favorite lines of the entire show. The entire run of the show. Really? I think so. Let's see if, let's see if it's in this episode. I'm pretty sure it is, though. Hello? Natalie, are you, are you home? Because I'm pretty sure that fight scene is in this episode. Should I stop? There's a situation. Noir and yourself should head to 180th. Closer to the I quite like the fact that Natalie has a bat phone. She has a bat phone, yes. on her way, but I don't know how fast she'll be, and it looks like it's Exodus versus the entire population of... Quickly, it's the old pair. I think there's more Chad music behind this. There's a lot of Chad Silvana music in, in, in 28 through 30. I've been able to use way more of his, uh, his productions than I have for it, so... <laughs> yes! Yes! Here it is! Here it is! Oh my god, this is like the best line I've ever written in the history of the show, I think. <laughs> Not this one. This part where she picks up the car. <laughs> I don't know why I love that line so much, but the, the fact that he's sitting there dazed, he's like, that's a car. Oh, that's a car! And <laughs> he runs out of the way. No, it's great, and the, with the alarm sound, yes. he's getting closer to him. That's just brilliant. Lord, 
And this is this is actually uh, Mindy Owen playing this demon in this case because uh, Mindy happens to have a very similar voice to uh, to, to well I don't think it's a spoiler at this point to say this is Tanya because she's already yelling about Julian. Yeah. Episode, so uh, well, and I just said poor Tanya. You like did. Uh, so um, but uh, but. Um, Mindy actually has a very similar voice to Trisha Wise, who plays Tanya, and, uh, so, for the sake of the episode, I went ahead and, and uh, asked, asked Mindy to do this role, and she just does an amazing job with it. She's just knocking it out of the park. I'm so sorry, David. He had the, he had the sound effect of Sam climbs up a fire escape. Like, <laughs> And then he tries to roasty roast the demon. That's fun. I actually really like this scene, though, also for the fact that you can tell now that they, they're made up and they're not, you know, angry with each other, they work in sync really well. Because, you know, they didn't speak at all about how they were going to take down the demon. Just boom, boom, boom. They did it, and it worked. Yeah. And that's really, I think that's one thing that I really like about this is, you know, we're in the final seven now of the third season. So, and so, so now we're hitting the point where the, the, the main plot arc of this season is now hitting its stride. So it's really nice to see how that's, how that's playing out. Especially when you go back compared to kind of the early fight scenes from the end of season one, beginning of season two, when it was much more sort of slapdash, get out of the way, oh no, what are you doing? Don't go over there. Yeah, um, yeah. There's actually a lot less vocal, uh, a lot less dialogue. In yeah, that. it's more just straight up fighting. Which, as always, I'm stunned by the um, uh, the quality and <coughs> level of description you get out of sound effects. Ah, <laughs> thanks. shucks. <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. I, you know, we, you know, I've always, I've always said this. It's just that is quite an impressive skill because a lot of people can't do that you know a lot of people you do have to have the oh no that's coming oh no you know oh, I've been hitting the ground you know and of course you've always got to go by the show it don't tell it sort of rule but at the end of the day in yeah. audio drama you don't have the visuals so you've got to do something um, yeah. well and Chris will tell you how much I beat myself up over these scenes I I, I am my hardest critic when I'm mixing it's, it's really bad actually because I will sit there and I will remix an entire scene if I have to, if I really just don't like how it turned out, because, and it's, that's not really ever with dialogue-driven scenes, it's almost, almost always my issues are with my fight scenes, because I get so hung up and, uh, and, and perfectionist about them, so, but it's because I want you guys to have the best product I can provide, you know, I want to give, I want to give the best, I want to give the best product using the best performances of my actors, and the best it's the best mixing skills I have, so. Oh, Lilith. Oh, and it sinks in. I love the way that Julian says that, too. Like, Trent did an awesome job with that, yeah. because I can't imagine anything more terrifying for him than seeing Lilith, the one who killed... The one who was responsible for what happened to Martin. Yeah. So he knows how terrifying she is, and he only met her, you know, really the once, but that's, that's, I mean, you know, it can't get scarier than that, I don't think. 
Hmm. No. Is it bad that any time Julian defends Bobby, I immediately want to start singing Guy Love? Because <laughs> it totally is. They have a bromance. Oh, how te- though- how tempted are you to do a musical episode of Genesis Avalon? Oh, so tempted, but I don't want to have to spend the time to make it work. No. Because that would be a mammoth undertaking. Sure. And writing but the original But it definitely song. crossed my mind. Yeah, yeah. Where the hell did Adderwolf run off to? I'm sure she's fine. This isn't just happening here. She might just have hit the, another patch on her own. Uh-oh. Demon free. <laughs> Don't you just hate it when that happens? Yes. Of course they do, because, you know, Jane is like, No, bitch, I told you to stay down. <laughs> Get down. Now. Get down. Get down again. So wait, she's Little Tortilla Boy? <laughs> yes, she's Little Tortilla little t- tortilla Boy. I had the Lady of the Lake watching my back. Oh, I also love the scene in general, because there's just so much, uh, well, you know, uh, I don't think it's that much of a spoilers issue she's flirting with him. In her own snarky Jaina kind of way. That's really what that was. Because she's not that pissed off at him anymore. They're, they clearly are talking to each other. They they just went, like, and had dinner, like, the you know, the day before. So, they don't hate each other that much. Absolutely, and it but, makes me happy to have a little bit of flirt. I like some flirting. And, you know, the show has been so serious. And so, like, non... Non, I'll say this: it's non. It's been non-shippy for a long time. Mm. In that, I've been focusing on their friendships and the drama of what her mission is. And this is like really, like you know, this is the season where I kind of get to bring a lot of things to fruition and um, play with stuff that you know I haven't had a chance to, like you know Sam and Jaina and just all sorts of stuff. I say that like I haven't been playing with Sam and Jaina all freaking show. You know what I mean? There's a difference between playing with it and by, you know, and not focusing kicking his ass and, and, and not focusing on it, you know? Oh, this scene! This is the scene that proceeds to melt Chris's entire yes. being. I don't, I don't think anything could be more terrifying than seeing Calhoun sitting on your kitchen counter eating an apple. Although I don't think he's eating an apple anymore. I think I took that out because it wasn't working. It is in the script, but yeah, yeah, I, I, did, I couldn't hear it, so... Uh. Yeah, I took it out, um, just because it wasn't really working, it was dragging things out, and I was like, nah, let's just, let's just, let's get right to the fun part. <laughs> Absolutely. The beatdown of all beatdowns. Uh, he says that, and I just look like, I'm wearing too many clothes, gotta take them off. <laughs> Well, this has been building for quite a while as well, within the show yeah. and within the uh, blog. The ARG, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then... <laughs> That's so bad. We just become raging fangirls when he starts talking. Um, you know, Tobias probably absolutely finds that. It probably tickles his pain. Because um, he does such an awesome job as Cal. Um, but no, in the, in the blog, you've seen... Uh, you know more with Cal, and so it's definitely been building. Uh, you 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 know a bit more about him from the blog. So the scene is just so epic. It's nice to see him finally unleash, though, because you know 
So far, he's been a reserved character. You don't know what he's capable of, really. <laughs> you are not going to spoil my fun by getting your pet goofball to go and call your patron. Tobias has such a menacing voice when he wants to. He does! He goes from, like, totally chill to freaking scary. So yeah. do you do any post on that? The only thing I do is when his voice warbles, it's because I've put a a flange on it. But the pitch change, that's all him. He chooses when he wants to do it, or I will say, go demonic at this point, and he does that. Yeah. Um, but that's his... The, 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 the depth of the tone and, and, you know, how menacing he is, that is all him. Although technically his tone should have been creased in there because the, uh, di the, the, the script direction is kicked in the balls. Well, yes. But I much preferred the notion that, that she kicked him in the balls so his voice went a little high-pitched for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Hello! Screw <laughs> this. He has slightly more durable balls than this. Yes. So, fun story about what she asked Bloodwood to bring her. She asked Bloodwood to bring her her pookie. Yes, her pookie. Kristen, talk about her do, you, do you want to talk about pookie? Can I talk about her pookie? Talk about pookie. It's, it's a morning star, right? Isn't it a big fucking... It's a gun. Oh, it's a gun. It's a gun. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That gun. That the gun. one that has bullets from Dagda's club. Yeah. I meant, you want to talk about why she named it Pookie? No, you can't. Uh, I'm going to talk about yeah. that? Okay. Well, you're the one that did it. That's so. true. So, so, Pookie is, this is a fun one. So, um, clearly we all know that, that, uh, that, uh, Olivia and Cal have history. As you noticed, you may have noticed from Cal, he likes to call women pet names of varying sorts and kinds, and his favorite one for Carrie so far has been, you know, Pookie, Honey, Hot Lips, that kind of stuff. Um, but he used to call Olivia Pookie all the time just to piss her off. So of course, what does she do? When she finally gets a gun that could take off the head of a demon, she names it Pookie. That was a fun one. This makes make me like Olivia even more. I know! I don't think there's a reason to not like Olivia. She's such an awesome... She's one of my favorite characters I've ever written. And she's actually uh, based off of my best friend from college. Not, like, like super based, but um, she's she loves wolves, and uh, she's been my best friend since, like, middle school, really. And uh, she's been a huge fan of Avalon from the get-go. So, uh, so when I was creating... When I knew I needed to create this character that I was using for the show... Um, I kind of drew a lot of, uh, a lot of, you know, my friend Jen's interests and clothing style, that kind of stuff from, uh, for, for, for Olivia. Poor, Ju oh, poor, poor Julian. Because I beat him up. Because I'm mean. Which was a kind of a dark turn for the show. I mean, I've never... I always left Julian pretty much unscathed, but uh, not this time. If you're gonna mess with Lilith, you are going to get hurt. There's really, you know, one of the things I really do pride myself on is the fact that uh, ever since Panda started listening to the show, he has talked about how Lilith was like his Featuring most the voice talent terrifying, Laura you know, uh, Masterson, you know, villain he could think of. Lilith scares me, this practically scares me. And the fact that I got rid of her in the first season Chris made him go, oh god, 
what's going to come next. And it's nice to have Willow kind of back in the game and able to show that she really is a force to be reckoned with. So... No, it's completely great. It's, it is great to have her back. And Chrissy plays so well. Okay, so uh, I guess Frank we should Clifton talk about the normal communication Julian methods for normal communication. Um, Richard Casto as so Bobby if you Carson. would, uh, if you want to let us know what you think of the episode or Garcia the show in general, uh, you can Arthur. email me at kat at You can uh, leave us a message on the Facebook fan page, um, which is Pendant Audio. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I am at Genesis Avalon. Or you can leave us a message on the mailing list, which is groups.yahoo.com slash group slash pendant or actually leave us a message on the website itself pendantaudio.com we have a comment section and uh and black thunder barring that oh oh if you listen to us on uh itunes please leave a review let us know what you think the show other than that uh i wander the internet i'm a bit of an internet wanderer so you can probably find me in other methods as well so anyway uh, i think that's about it um Pendant production. Come back next month because it gets real, son. Episode three zero. It gets real. It gets very real. If you've heard the trailer, you know it gets really real, and you're gonna see some cans of whoop ass be opened, you. So we'll see you guys next month. <laughs> we will indeed. Au revoir, Alvida Zane, and bye bye. <laughs>